When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Heart and Hand, Rangers podcast. The podcast that's more fun than a party at Keith Vad's house. This week on Heart and Hand, well, I suppose we're going to have to talk about the old fun game. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host, and I'm joined this week by Scott Vandenacker. Hello. Can I just remind our army of listeners that Keith Faz, a prominent shadow cabinet minister, mm. phoned the two rent boys and asked for a discount if he brought his own cocaine. Seems, seems reasonable. It does, but, you know, I, I think... Obviously, so famous he with the process that he was starting to cut deals with them. He'd done that before. Well, a couple of things. Firstly, prominent shadow cabinet member. I mean, I think I'm due to go in the shadow cabinet at the end of next week. So I'm not sure how privileged a position that is these days, Scott. And the other thing that sprung to mind when I read the story was um, Keith Vaz, uh, a married man who is trapped in a heterosexual marriage. Any advice Can I stop you there? there Scott? You know, I'm just, no, just just wondering if any, you know... You I do you... not take cocaine. <laughs> what I did like was his um, David Brent-style story, where he said, yeah, I sell industrial washing machines, big washing machines to hotels. You know, and he just continued further down the path with each... Yeah. It was a level of detail in it I thought was remarkable. It was old, and before I knew it, at the end... I was getting uh, double teamed by two young lads, yes. and all I done was go to sell a washing machine. Yes, at that point I made my apologies and stayed. Yes, yes. Uh, well, um, as exciting as the the, the world of uh, illegal homosexual relations are, I think that we need to to talk about football because that's do uh, we need do we need to? That's what people want to hear about. So this weekend, after 
uh, the international football break and how chronic is that? It's, you, you finally get the season going. A few weeks into it, you know, you're really back, excited, everything's starting to go and then they stop it for two weeks of this shite. Well, I had, honestly, David, see, I was a bit hungover on Saturday, right? Right. And I actually forgot, genuinely forgot that there wasn't proper football on. And I thought, right, wife's going to bed. You know, she'll go to bed early tonight, you know. Um, I've, got, I've got the remote control. Yeah. All these leagues from around the world. Yeah. And then, after just a minute of enjoying myself, it all suddenly came in again. No, it's shit international football. It's even, though I remembered it, and you know, all day I hadn't watched any matches, I still get to about half ten and go, yeah, you match of the day. No! Exactly. Uh, well, uh, do you know, do you know what I was reduced to? What? Channel 5's roundup of League 1 and League 2. <laughs> that was all I could find. It, 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 it's methadone at that point, you know. You you just yeah. you need something, anything. I was I was basically selling a large washing machine to a hotel. At yeah, that at, at that point, you, you just you'll take anything you can get. Uh, frankly, so international week is thankfully coming to an end. Now there was obviously a Rangers game during that. There's two Rangers games we should talk about because we were off last week for the international week. Mm-hmm. Um, the rather disappointing one-one draw at Kilmarnock. Uh, not a great performance, it has to be said. No, um, that won't go down as vintage. And I think worrying signs are plenty, perhaps mostly being out-sprinted by Chris Boyd. Yes, and quite a few people have referenced this, but it's because it's quite shocking. And um, it it was really a tragic goal to give away, as unfortunately are the goals we give away. Now, I do subscribe slightly towards the argument that people make, well, it's not that we've been conceding a lot of goals, which is true, but A, look at the quality of opposition, and B, look at the type of goals we're conceding. Yeah. It's not like people are having to you know, score worldlies against this. That match, again, terrible, sluggish, slow start, followed by an improvement in the second half, which we got back to one each. They then had a boy sent off for an absolute assault on Joy Barton, a dreadful, shocking tackle. And... In the last half an hour, we didn't do enough, and I I saw people saying, "Well, you know, we did. You, we totally dominated. It wasn't like it was. You know, if you watched the England game the other night when when Slovakia went out ten men, it was like the Alamo down at the Slovakia end, and England were rubbish up to that, except that. But then, you know, they they did put the pressure on Scotland against Malta, very much the same thing. It wasn't like that with us. We had a, it was just really this season of microcosm we had a lot of the ball but we didn't make enough clear cut chances with it and in the end I don't think we did enough to to get the win I think that a draw was probably based over the 90 minutes was was probably the correct result I think so and I think much to the shock of many of our listeners when we're previewing this weekend's game we probably will do a tactical roundup, won't we mm. um, so I won't say too much now but because I'm going to actually, I was going to talk about it a bit later, but I think the manager had a decision in the summer, obviously, as as all managers do when they're rebuilding, when you've got a bit of a creaky, dodgy defence, and that is, do you replace the defence, option one, or do you rejig your midfield to screen the defence? And I think in doing the latter, it's undoubtedly taken an awful lot away from our forward play. Yes. But um, we will go into, obviously, more depth. The other thing that has to be said is that David is 100% correct here. Possession and passing the ball sideways is not a thing. It became fashionable when Barcelona did it, do you remember? Yeah. And then Bayern did it a bit. And then everyone thought they could do it. And they started counting possession stats as if that was it. No, Barcelona won three European Cups in four years. That's what you do when you've got the ball. We don't do anything when we've got the ball. 
Um, and I think there's a massive difference between having possession, dominating possession, and doing anything with it. And at the moment, sadly, we are getting those two things confused. I think a lot of fans are getting mixed up by saying we're having a lot of the ball. We are, but we're not hurting teams or damaging them. No. And teams are lining up pretty solidly against it. My concern is that I think that the gaffer, and you always have to put the caveat in before any, you know, we've had a few managers in the time that, that we've been doing this podcast, and you always have to start off these conversations for some reason by justifying whether or not you like them. And I do, and that doesn't mean that he's above criticism, um, if I feel he's getting it wrong. Nor does it mean I'm right. It just means that this is is how we feel about it. And, and currently, he's wedded to this formation, and the four three three formation, and he seems to be, well, not even reluctant to change it. He just seems absolutely against it. There was the time against Hibs last season we went briefly with a three five two, and and since then it's always always been this this four three three. And I have said that the recruitment, while good, and I, I am impressed with it overall. If you did have a, a criticism of it, I think you could make a case for it's been very unbalanced. Yep, and. I think looking at that squad, it's a balanced squad for a 4-2-3-1. It's not a balanced squad for a 4-3-3. And by that, what I mean is we've got four players for two positions uh, at centre-half. We have seven players for four defensive roles, if you're being honest, because you've only really got Hodson to cover the two full-back roles. So you've got... Seven players for four positions there, whereas you've got eight players for three positions in midfield. And that, yeah. to me, and that's not counting Forrester, um, and that, to me, seems unbalanced, whereas I do think we are set up in terms of the makeup of the squad to play four-two-three-one, both in terms of the type of players that we have and the numbers to compete for those positions. Because you could have your... I still think we're a little short defence, We'll come to that. I think most people would agree that the the four centre halves we have, even with the sender or signing, aren't exactly guys that fill you with a lot of confidence. But you would then have your two in midfield, which would be any one of Barton, Rossiter, Crooks, and Halliday. And then for the three positions further forward, you could have any of Forrester, Holt, Cranshire. Windass, um, Forrest, uh, me, Forrest, um, Barry Mackay, Michael O'Halloran, and even if you want to Kenny Miller, and then up front you've got Garner, Dodo, and Wagon. So I think that that is something we should investigate because at the moment it doesn't look like it's working. At times it looks more to me like a 4 2 1 3 with a massive gap between the two and the three that one yeah. poor bugger is being asked to fill. Point, point counterpoint, because I agree with you 100%. So that's not a counterpoint then, mate? You've misunderstood. No, but, the, ah, but the manager's counterpoint. Ah, right. Do you remember, he, he gave an interview, and I think uh, Frank McParland did as well, mm. where they basically said that within our budget, you can't get a good centre-half. They didn't say that out loud, they alluded to it. Do you remember the manager said, if you could get someone that was in their prime, could read the game, uh, head the ball well, cover the ground... They wouldn't be coming to the SPL. Do you think it's possible that they simply couldn't bring anyone in for the money who was good and therefore they were forced into this moving the defence back to screen, using the midfield backs way to screen the defence? I get the impression that, personally, that the manager would have liked to, to replace Wilson and or Kiernan with a lot better than Helen Senderos. 
And I think a lot of these midfield changes have been sort of forced on us. And I don't think he would like to see the midfield sitting that deep. So what do you think? Do you think for the budget we were going to pay somebody, we couldn't get the type of defender that we need for the system? No, because then you sign less players and you pay whoever slightly bigger money. I I, I think that the criticism that the defence and the reinforcement of the defence didn't seem to be as big a priority to the recruitment team as it was to the fans. And I think that you can't really argue that because the players that have come in, I mean, the night of the cup final, the cry from Rangers fans, the cry was no defenders because we'd been so poor and and everybody felt that over and above everything else, what we desperately, desperately needed was a centre-half. And it came after the window shut, a guy who'd been on trial and uh, a 37-year-old free agent from QPR. So I think he went for a lot more and didn't get them, the likes of Mariapa, obviously, and there was a couple of other guys that were mentioned. But to me, I think that he wants to play a certain way, and I, I understand that, and it's a 4-3-3, and it'll take time to adapt. And that that's something else. Listen... I think success this season. See if we uh, make a slow start, but by you know sort of October, November, we're purring and towards and it's maybe you know we give Celtic too much of a start this season, but you can see the rest of the season what we're capable of, yep. and we're going into next year everything working well and everything settled down. This season's a success. Yep. Can um, I see though? Point. Yeah. Again, a question for you though. You know, one of these things that's controversial, people might. You know, tw- tweeting us. I'm going to get things going on social media, David. See, with the way we're playing now, with the idea of covering the defence more and playing a bit deeper, do you think that can ever work in a four-three-three? No, personally, it can it work personally? No, personally, I don't think so. But Mark Warburton knows more about football than I do, and he does think it works. Davy Weir knows more about football than I do, and he seems to think it works. So, um, me personally, I think that sometimes you have to adapt your shape to fit circumstances I love the idea of this is what we do and we don't change for anyone but I I'm probably in the middle I think you can have the arch pragmatism of a Walter where everything goes out the window to the result and I wouldn't want to see that come back but I think you can go the other way which Marcello is Bielsa. yes this is what we do come hell or high water and bugger it we'll take the rough of the smooth and I, I would be somewhere in the middle I've always believed personally that you fit the shape around the players you have you don't force players into a shape they're not comfortable with which I don't think the manager's doing I think he's bought players who can, can play this system but I think that yes we've had to make tweaks I'm not sure everything's quite gelled yet and it'll take a, a little bit of time and unfortunately, us being who we are, that time is, is probably the one commodity that you'll always be most short of, never mind cash. Um, it'll always be time, uh, followed only by patience. I think that, for me, looking at the squad that we have, I think, as I say, I would be looking towards a four-two-three-one. I think this is a formation guys are, I've played in and are comfortable in. I think you could also look at a 3 currently, because given the way that our fullbacks play... It wouldn't require a great change to go to a uh, to to go to a wing back role, and I think we've got players to fill in. A guy we are missing, and we were right, is Jason Holt. And a lot of people I saw this on message boards. I was tweeted this in the summer. Holt won't get many games next season. We miss Jason Holt. 
for two huge reasons. One, his work rate, he's constantly moving and we've looked quite static a lot of times this season. And secondly, he links up so much. So the breakdown that I alluded to earlier that you saw, I thought, a lot in the Kilmarnock match between the, if you like, the 4-2 and then the further forward, Holt is excellent at finding the space between the lines and just being the guy who takes it from the midfield and gets it onto the forwards and we have struggled without him this season. I'm told, and it certainly looked like that in, in the Linfield match and in other matches he's played, that Josh Windass can do the same role. So that, to me, is then something that, that we will improve when we get these players back. But currently, yeah, I think I would be... I, I don't see it as a sign of weakness for a manager to go, we're playing this opposition and they do this well, so we will go... Four two three one today to try and combat that, or we will go three five two. We will. I don't see that as a weakness. I don't want to go the way where you're changing formations four times in half an hour, as we once saw Alec McLeish do at Tynecastle. Remember? Yep. And it was you know, just a mess. Players uh, was baffled. Players it? was baffled. Four times in half an hour he changed formations, and that's ridiculous. But I, I think you need a bit of flexibility. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, unless you are a supremely talented side who will always have the measure of the opposition, a la Barcelona. Um, that you don't need to do that and I think that for instance one of the great strengths for me of someone like Alex Ferguson was that ability to say right you know, Alex Ferguson had a preferred way of playing but remember that year he won the league playing basically 4-5-1 um, because yep. he knew that the best part of his team was uh, the goalkeeper Van der Sar, uh, Ferdinand and uh, Vidic and yep. they won so many games that season 1-0 and won the title. That wasn't what Alex Ferguson liked to do, but he knew it was the best way of success while he was getting the players well, in. In, in 1999, they won the Champions Table. League 4 4 2, and then they got to Moscow and didn't have anyone up front for most of the run to Moscow. They played the false, the whole, you know, Rooney, Ronaldo, and Tevez, Tevez yeah. all as false nines. He did whatever he could with the players he had to win games. I also think what's unfortunate, you and I talked about this in the Motherwell game, we were there, and it's unfortunate, but for some reason, four five one, when played by slightly better players, I mean, it's the SPL, David, mm. but competent players who've been around the block a few times, four five one is proving surprisingly difficult for a 4-3-3. Do you not think? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's 4 5 one's the old, you know, oh, everyone does that, but it's proven remarkably successful, I hate to say. It's because it always gives their three in the centre up against their two, and I feel for Barton, Barton and Rossiter, uh, who've been playing in there, but Barton and Halliday before, and I feel for them because they're constantly a man short, which requires you to, to up the work rate to basically run to stand still, you know what I mean? You've got to work yeah. really, really hard just to do it, or be a supremely gifted player, or, in our case, really be on your game. Yes. Really be pin sharp. It can, of course it can work. Of course it can work. It's ridiculous to say. I mean, anything can work if you're playing well. But if you're just not quite on it and some passes are going astray, you can be swamped. And the other thing about it is is these teams can come and can make it boring and can make it scrappy and nothing happen. And their fans aren't going to get on them. With us, our fans are going to get on us. Uh, and you see it. We do it. We all do it. I do it. You do it. Um, and... They can afford to just make it a bit of, if you like, the, the old trench warfare in the middle of the field. Whereas our guys are going to be under pressure and then they start to hit long passes as yeah. we saw at Kilmarnock. And, you know, the, the, things creep into their game with the psychological aspect of it, of shit, I'm a Rangers player and we're not winning, comes in. 
Yeah. So I I do think a wee bit of if you like a, a little bit of flexibility wouldn't hurt us. Um, I'd also let Barton and Rossiter get a bit more freedom. Like we alluded to, the fact that they are being told to stay deeper to sort of sweep the defence. Mm. You look at a guy like Cranshaw, the reason Cranshaw has not been able to complete full games and is only playing sporadically is partly because he needs two box-to-box runners around him. Yeah. When he's there, as you said, 20 yards in front of... He just he does not have the stamina or pace to do it all himself. Hope does, maybe. Hope's Hope does, yeah. Hope, Hope does, and I think Windass looks as though he might. But, but you're but right, I, I, if you want to play Cranshire... He I think, with him, doesn't he? Yeah, I think you need to go a diamond. Yep. You know, and, and, and have yes. him at the have him at the point of it where there's there's not that emphasis on him to, to do so much work. But uh all of this is conjecture because I really don't see it happening. Uh, I think that the manager will go with you know, what brought him to the dance. He he goes four three three and I think he'll train them harder. I agree. He'll just make them train harder and pass faster. And I do think we'll improve, by the way. Yeah. Um, he's he's hoping that something will click. Windass or Holt or somebody gets fit and one week it works and he's hoping, yeah, he's, I think he's hoping for something that, like repetition and training, confidence in the players and one good result and one good performance, sorry. I think he's hoping that it will it will come. And there's a reason with that squad why it won't, but it's not at the moment and it's not the way we're playing with such a deep midfield. But we shall see. We shall see. Um, so going to Parkhead on Saturday mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's it's going to be a tough game. Let's, there's no point fibbing about it. It's going to be a, a tough match. They're full of confidence. I think they're a great side, but I think uh, they've got a very good forward line in Robert Sinclair and Griffiths. I don't and think Robert... Ah, I found out today that guy Robert says doesn't play at the moment. He's got a Nenak. Nenak, all right. Well, I dare say he'll be back to play us. That's usually what happened. I don't think that's something that <laughs> no, no, will change their time away. Probably they had to withdraw the players from Scotland squad because uh, they're really genuinely injured, David. Well, to be fair, I think Lee Wallace looked quite chipper on his on the <laughs> flight to Belfast as well. Um, but yeah, they'll all, be, they'll all be playing, won't they? Yeah. yeah, they'll all be playing. So that's football. That happens. I don't have a problem yep. with that. I, they are playing well, and I think our concerns, everybody's concerns, is defensively. Now, I think we can hurt them. I think us playing well with the players we have. This is not two years ago, you know, in the the. The cup semi, the, the league cup semi. This is yeah. Rangers have some good players, and we have some talented players, and we can hurt them against that awful lot of, if you like, old firm league debuts, and the the, the pressure that comes, you know, not at a neutral venue, and uh, you know, the, you're into the lines then somewhat when you go to. I mean, Christ, there's guys going to be there on the Celtic end that haven't been to a football match in four years. There's a lot of pent up stuff is going to be coming. They've uh, got coming to clear up from. A- under the all the banners they had up there. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, they, exactly. They've got to get the banners down and uh, and open those parts of those parts of the stadium, and possibly at last we'll find out where Shergar went. Um, but all joking aside, Celtic are their favourites, rightly, and I think that we will need an excellent performance, and we will need to possibly have a level from some players that we haven't that we haven't seen so far this season. Would you play Senderos? Do you know, David, this is the weird thing. I was looking at some clips online about the semi-final, mm. right? And it was extended highlights, and it was the first half. And Wilson and Kieran were absolutely tremendous. Yeah, they were, huh? They were amazing. And it makes you think, well, is that a concentration thing? Like, maybe on Saturday they'll, they'll be fine. On the other hand, and I don't know, I think David maybe mentioned this, listeners, but we were sitting together at the Motherwell game, and we decided to watch the Defenders. And now, of course, Motherwell didn't punish all of this. 
they don't have the players to do that. They only had one up front. But the number of balls that they missed is incredible, wasn't it, David? Yeah, the they, were really, they, they, were, they were bullied by Scott <laughs> McDonald. Yeah. And then Hill and, and Kiernan were uh, bullied by... Uh, were bullied by Chris Boyd. Is that concentration? Is it? I think there's a lack of confidence. Um, confidence. I, I think um, there's maybe Sendros is new. What Sendros? I like the way he's talking in interviews. He says he's ready to play, and he says he doesn't fear. Maybe, just maybe, <laughs> Wilson and Kiernan do have too much of the old "oh shit, we're going to Celtic Park." I wonder if Sendros might be playing simply because he'll be apparently he's quite loud in the dressing room. Mm. And, you know, he's he was, uh, he's been a captain at some clubs and. Maybe that would be something that would help. Maybe they need somebody who's confident and isn't scared of going there. Yeah, maybe that's he, a good yeah, point. Maybe. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think that the key to victory for us is the first 20 minutes, they're going to come out ferociously. Mm-hmm. And well, the Alamo, absolutely. Yeah, they are going to come out all guns blazing. And no matter what anybody says, for new players, it's going to be... It's going to be a new experience and it's going to be something that uh, they're unlikely to have... To, to have witnessed before and that's really where we need to make sure that we are absolutely at our best if we get through the first 20 minutes and you know we can gradually build into the game what's interesting is a couple of things number one both teams play roughly the same system this yes. season 4-3-3 keep the ball away from your defence whatever you do and use the midfield to close down Harry and get the ball to your more talented forward players mm. so it's going to actually be two identical systems Second thing that's interesting is, and this is for encouragement, folks, if you look to that CIS Cup final, you know, two years ago, or even last season, Celtic had far better players then, and we had far, far worse players, and it still wasn't a hiding, we still gave them a bit of a game, last season we played really well in the semi-final, and again, I think we've got better players than then, there is a bit of a lack of confidence in the fans and the players, but you look at our squad, there's a lot of good players in there. Mm. A lot of players with experience, a lot of players who know what they're doing. They can trap a ball and pass it. They can make things happen. I think it's all about confidence. I think the big thing on Saturday is when people are going to have to man up. See, rather than falling over the ball and then claiming it's a foul, mm. or, or that thing in the cup final in the first minute when Kieran tried to shield. Yes. <laughs> Just, no, you have to make your tackles. You have to make your headers. You have to not give an inch in ground. Yeah. And people are going to have to man up and realise it's a bat. And if we can match up physically, we'll be fine. Uh, also, the fans, I personally am going to the game, and I think it could be hellish. You don't know. I think it's going to be a miserable experience from the police and the stewards and the, the home fans, but it's not the end of the world. Everyone should stay and they should sing. Don't go to Huff, don't go to Mark's message was afterwards to claim you're going to slit your throat and everyone must go and the manager must go. I think we all should just keep our heads in this game, do the best we can do on and off the pitch and move on to next weekend. As David says, what we're looking for this season is to end the season as a free-flowing football machine. That way we'll pick up points and we'll be ready for next season and we'll bed this squad in and get better and better and better. The chances of us going there on Saturday winning 5-0 are pretty slim anyway. So let's remain realistic and grounded and not get this out of proportion either. That all stands true and I agree with it 100% and we will both utterly ignore it come 2 o'clock on Saturday if it doesn't go well. Oh, absolutely. I'm going off Erskine Bridge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, burn things down. Okay, then. Right. Well, uh, that's uh, pretty much covered the last two weeks then. And uh, for the folks who complained when we were off for international break, seven seasons. Never won pod during an international break. 
Calm down. Okay, it's that time of the week where, yes, with a due sense of dread and uh, a realisation of the pointlessness of life, that we turn to Scott for the Sporting Integrity section. The Sporting Integrity section is when we look round the world of sport and we see who has made the biggest dick of themselves over the past seven days. Yes, we're looking for Stuart Regan-esque style Sporting Integrity nonsense when people have been over-exuberant and when you've seen a lot of, shall we say, the seedier side of soccer. Scott? Yes. I'm up against it this week, folks, because... I mean, I don't like to build up this section particularly. No wonder. But I said to David Nemeo today that I had a quite good story and as he pointed out quite good would be really would be lifting the calibre quite a lot so you calm know, down said I yes so it has to be good but I, I'm not going to there's some stories David I'm not going to brush past I'm not going to go there okay okay because you don't really want to hear about how Christian Tello turned up his medical at Fiorentina wearing an I Love Beer t-shirt no I, to be honest mate I don't really want to hear any of this um, there is a, a very strange subsect of our listeners um akin to the people on nudie bird websites who like to look at pictures of men dressed up as women. And like those porn sites, we cater for those guys. So this is really, if you like, for the sissy fans. And that's what this section is. When it's going on, I'm doodling in my notebook, I'm thinking about the shopping that I need to get tomorrow... Uh, I'm hearing music in my head. I'm I'm not really here. Well, like like my sexual performance, it's mercifully brief, and ultimately doesn't damage those involved. Oh, remember fairy liquid. Cheers. Yes. Um, now, also, I'm not going to dwell on Christian Stuani, who scored a winner for Middlesbrough in their derby against Sunderland. Oh, his first goal, and that was an absolute belter. Yeah. And he posted the pictures of the celebratory team in the dressing room afterwards. He put it all over social media. Unfortunately, one of his teammates was exposing his trophy in the background. Well, you know, it's it's a man's game. It is a man's game. Literally, in this case, it certainly was. There was no doubt about that. Now, David, we are both fans of Narcos, aren't we? Yes, well, the television programme, not this. Yes. I used to be a big fan yes. of uh, uh, of the real life thing, but uh, not so much these days. No, uh, David used to be, in many ways, a shareholder of Pablo Escobar. <laughs> in the old days, he certainly kept them going. Anyway, um, recently, uh, his former, um, Pablo Escobar, his former hitman, John Jairo Velasquez Vasquez, or Popeye, mm-hmm. who you know, show, uh, who participated directly or indirectly in perhaps 3,000 murders on the drug lord's behalf. That's a fair old amount of murders, isn't it? It is. He decided, though, much like we do with this pod, David, okay? he would just act the normal football fan and make a little video welcoming Argentinian striker Ezequiel Riscaldani to his favourite club and Pablo's favourite club, Atletico Nacional. Okay. He filmed the video on Pablo's grave. Right? <laughs> okay. He, he got Hang on. Spoiler! Yes. I haven't yes. got to the end of Series 2. you telling me he dies. Uh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. What I'm saying is there's not a narco... Three, yeah, That's all I'm saying. It's right? kind of like going to see Titanic, isn't it? Like the guy you said on the last pod just like sinks at the end. So, what was the point? Yeah, it, exactly. So, they're massive fans of the Nacional. So, he's standing on Pablo's grave, okay, okay, and 
So the clip, therefore, becomes both heartwarming football story and slightly sinister when I read it to you, okay? Mm-hmm. What he says is, Hello, champ. I'm Popeye. I'm Pablo Escobar's trusted sideman. In fact, hitman. I survived my boss's wars on my own. I stand today at my boss's grave. Argentinian brother, welcome to Medellin. Welcome to Nacional. Here we love Argentinians. They're big supporters of my of me and my new opportunities in this land. All sport to Ezekiel. We will meet. I will take to my boss's grave. I know you'll like the stories about him. Yeah, I mean, that. see if that happened to me in my first day in a new job. I, it, I, I wouldn't be in any way worried. I'd think that that was totally, yeah. totally wholesome. Yes. Do you want to go to Pablo Escobar's graveside? Mm. To hear stories about him. By the way, I've killed 3,000 people. Yeah, I'm still out of jail after 22 years inside. You're all right, mate, I've got training. God, can you imagine? I wish we could have put that guy in touch with Ian Black. Well, Ian Black could have probably painted his house. (laughs) In fairness, you know. Um, He probably wouldn't have been as angry at Ian Black for painting his house as he would have been for watching him perform in midfield for Nacional. Oh God, I hope Ian Black was good at painting houses, by the way. Because it certainly wasn't his first career. No, no, not, not yeah. a football. Now, a wee sad story. Okay. Um, about football literally gone mad, my old friend. Mehdi Drezevic of Norby in Sweden okay. was sent off after completing his hat-trick in a 6-1 win over Tvakars in Sweden's Division 1. Okay? Yes. He netted his third, which was a perler, right? A half-volley. And he signaled his teammates to stay back. And the celebration was he ran to the advertising hoardings, jumped into the stand, sat on a seat and clapped himself. He applauded as if he was a fan, which is pretty good. It looks good, right, when you see it on. And his teammates all laughing and everything. Jumped back to the hoarding, comes on the pitch, gets his second yellow card and a red from the ref. Wanker. Complete utter wank. See, people blame the ref in that situation and I don't. It is a stupid rule, but you know it's the rule. Same with taking your top off when you score. Yes, it's a stupid rule, but it's a rule, and you know what will happen if you do it. So if you do it, don't blame the ref. And it'll be a centre half scoring a hat trick. I mean, the ref, unfortunately, Scott, I don't think it says in the the, the football association rule books uh, can be excused from this law if defender having scored hat trick. I don't think it works like that. It maybe should, but it doesn't. It should work. Well, since when were you a stickler for the rules, mate? That's all I'm saying. Have you know I'm a stickler for the rules, mate. Rules control the fun. And more importantly, not only am I a stickler for the rules, I would like to be in charge of making them up. Yes, that's, well... That's, what, that, that's why this pod was created. It, it's something that I can control wholly. Ha! Talking of which, you've been flirting. You've been seeing other pods. I have been seeing other pods, yes. Uh, I was on the Fit by Hacks pod uh this week um, with Johnny McFarlane's pod and he uh, has been getting a lot of positive feedback on it and to be honest Scott it has led to some questions over I was surprised by, by the feedback because I didn't make one knob joke nor was there any flirting and I just thought well, nobody's going to want to listen to that that's, that's not what I do um, but people people have enjoyed it and it does it, it led me to question why no, I keep no, your... No, 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 you won't stop me. There you go. See, you're getting too big for your boots, right? Just sit and listen. Here was a podcast where he asked one question and I then talked for 43 uninterruptible minutes. And it made me think that the whole premise of getting you on board the pod was to fill in the gaps where I was breathing or had to go for a pee. 
Maybe I don't need to do that. Well, who's, who's, who's going to talk about Christian Kale's T-shirt? Well, you know, this is the thing. Some people, apparently, the fools, don't have as much interest in that and they want to hear about, you know, stuff. Just your stuff? My stuff. Unfortunately, I just, I, could, I mean... By the end of it, I think I had to get off the phone and phone you and make no jokes. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I don't want to. I'm not a serious person. It's too long. To, you can do a 45 minute pod just talking about football the whole time. <sighs> can you imagine? Oh, God, I'm me, I know. It's like I remember once uh, I was on the, God, what did you call it? The Copeland Road pod? Yes, uh, Crow, Crow Pod, yeah. Yeah, the one, uh, Crow Pod, yeah, we should. And he said, uh, I said, How long will it take? And he says, About two hours. And I burst out laughing. I said, No, seriously. And he said, no, about, about two hours. And I was like, I'll go for about 40 minutes and then I'm <laughs> off. I am not sitting doing this for two hours. Um, it's just, it's just I, don't have, I don't have that attention span. I remember when we started this pod and we were around at your flat, remember? Yeah. And M- Big Mark, God bless him, thought that we wanted to hear what the competition was like. Both Rangers and Celtic pods. And he got the Celtic pod out, remember? I do. And it was two guys talking in a pub. Right? Yes. No, it was, it was a restaurant. restaurant. Bombay Blues Indian, uh, what do you call it, buffet. Right. So it's two guys talking Celtic with the noise in the background. And he's like that. I will listen to this and see what it's like. It's about two hours, ten minutes. We were like, okay. Do you know what we've taken from that, Mark? Any pod we do will be a hell of a lot shorter. Yes. Two hours, ten minutes. Two hours, ten minutes. Oh, we no. didn't listen to no, any of it. No, no. Um, so I'm going to finish this uh, This. T- today by oh yeah nice subject change well yeah, yeah I thought well, it's all about you isn't it well yeah oh yeah it's, I suppose it's your pod but um hey, I, made you, I made you associate co-host Minion wasn't it that's further up than Cammy well that's Cammy though isn't it yeah it's Cammy pretty much damn when we faint praise there take you know? what you can get well I suppose it's always there's always been Stephen Smith right hmm and then you also like, um, well, well, Mark, you've not got much choice. He sort of just turns up. Um, it's generally quicker course, to let him to let him ejaculate his thoughts and then leave. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then there's me and Cammy sort of fighting out for I don't know. Yeah, you two, you two probably know would been that you care. Well, I like to think if I had kids that it would be like you and Cammy, and that I would play some vicious competition with each other for my own entertainment. Like the days, days of the Roman emperors? Pretty much, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of say. And I, I'd be the type of guy that would walk up, rather than go, why can't you be more like your sister? I'd walk up and just, you know, I much prefer the other one. And yeah. just walk off and leave the kid to to focus on that. I, I'm sure there's books about against that sort of It's kind of why I don't have kids. I, I just yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Every day. Do you remember what happened to Marvin Gaye's dad? That, that I think would happen to me. Yes. Um... Sans the, you know... Transvestism. Taught my lesson though, he only did it once, didn't he? That's true, that's true. What, what was it he did? What was he did? I think he, I don't know, he just a pop at Marvin over drug money, I think, perhaps. Yeah, and then he shot him. Mm, yeah, he was wearing a dress. Terrible. His dad, not Marvin. No, we don't want to see that sort of thing around here. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Not my children or, you, or anyone's children. No. People, don't shoot your parents or children, okay? So, I'm in sympathy with Medi Dresovich of Norby. David's not, okay? But it brought me round to referees, and I was thinking, referees, we all hate them, don't we? We do, with good reason. But thankfully, they may be a thing of the past, okay? Hey. Now, me, like you, like all of us, we all worry about international global terrorism, don't we? Yeah, and, um, these but, days. 
Let's look inside the caliphate for one minute, okay? Let's just look inside. Where the are you caliphate. going with this? Don't worry. Don't what you think. Okay? Right. ISIS has banned football referees. Okay. Okay. Because they implement FIFA's rules and not the rules of Allah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Commanders of ISIS have drawn up a list of rules detailing how injured players instead will be compensated under Sharia law. Okay. Islamic State has declared the implementation of international football rules illegitimate. And dire is Zor government. Militants told football organisers referees be banned because decisions do not of the referees do not judge in accordance with what Allah has revealed, and therefore are a violation of Sunnah. A system of kissas, kissas, hmm, for injured footballers will be brought in, referring to rest, restorative justice enacted under Sharia law, where victims claim compensation or exact direct revenge from their opponents. Hmm. So this is now going to kick off with the next round of matches in Deir Azor City, the league which is starting in late September. So there we go. They're going to start the league with no referees and instead allow people to either exact revenge or claim compensation after nasty fouls. What do we think? If you think that I think anything about that, that I am going to fucking broadcast, <laughs> then you are mental. <laughs> right. Personally, I've got no comment to make. Yes, personally, I find that a a perfectly reasonable thing and uh, wish to move on as quickly as possible, frankly. Say what you like about me, Scott. I've never hidden my moral cowardice. No, I mean, that's the thing. See, left or right, whatever regime we're facing, you toady up to it and sell out all the rest of the rebels, wouldn't you? In seconds. In seconds. Probably not even for that much of a payment. No. no. Really, no. No. Where are they hiding these rebel scum over there? Just over there, mate. Uh, run, run the corner. Oh, you missed one. There's, there's <laughs> one in the back. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, save my own skin, and I, I would have got out of Colombia. I'd have got an American visa, and would currently be living in like Florida. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, um, no, no, no doubt about it. Okay, folks, watch Narcos and Narcos too. Yeah, you should. Narcos is brilliant. Right. Okay, Scott. The winner is that Fanny from Sweden. What was his name? Mehdi Drusevich. Congratulations, Mehdi. You're the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award. Okay, then that's almost it. Almost, because there's something else. No. Yes. It's another one of our competitions with an actual prize worth winning. But didn't didn't we just do that? Yeah, I know, and now we're doing it again. My God. I'm as surprised as you are. Who keeps putting up prizes? Well, in this case, it's the Loudon Tavern. Superb. The Loudon Tavern at Ibrox are having this Friday, 9th of September, so you have to be quick. The pod will go up tonight and I know it will pop into um, people's iTunes, etc. on the Wednesday, but this, uh, you, you get in your answers as soon as possible. Uh, they are having a night with Michael Malls and Marco Negri on Friday. Oh, superb. Yes, at the, the Loudon Tavern. And you can attend it. They are giving two free tickets to Heart and Hand listeners. Now, that's actually a really good prize. Yes, it's a prize worth winning, right? Now, we're not paying for you to go. Um, there's no travel, there's no hotel, so you need to be able to get there. And It is across from an underground station. Yes, yes. But if you live in like, Canada, it's probably a bit far to go. But to me, Michael Mould and Marco Negri, you know. How staunch are these people? I yeah, mean, but like, that's a good question. If, if a Canadian listener wins it, you know, just, just how staunch. There's no alternative prize. This is pretty much it. Nope. So you're out of luck in Canada. Yes, uh, you're very good. I like that. See, that that's a wee hat tip to international listeners, Scott. 
good, yes. good, good work there, mate. So if you want to win this, this is the point, Scott, where I should have thought of a competition, shouldn't I? Well, you see, usually there's a question at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I assumed you'd taken care of that. No. No. Do you want me to come up with a ridiculous question? Pretty much. Right, well, I was reading something today that might, well, it wouldn't interest them, but it might baffle them for a while, yeah? Okay, you don't need to, you can, it's better if they have a competition whether we need to judge. Well, judge rather than just a fact-based thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, we could be, we could actually genuinely ask people if, if they're living abroad and entered this competition and won it, like, what, st- what lengths would they go to to turn up at the Loud on Friday? How would they get here? Ah, but what happens if someone from Glasgow wins it? Oh, that leaves them out, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, an old firm memory? Yeah, okay, that's a good one. Best old firm story? Best old firm story or memory? Preferably missing the game, falling over at the game, or your trousers splitting, or something. Not just, I went to the game, we won. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a great story. That's <laughs> probably not ideal. I'll give you an example. Can I start things off? Go on. 1989, Scottish Cup final. Got absolutely pissed. My dad refused to wait on me. Took my pal to the game. I woke up at two in the afternoon. My pal put on the telly and the cup final build-up had started and I realised I should have been there. Um, we got beat because they took a cheaty throw-in. They did. Cheating um, bastard. Curly-haired, cheating bastard, Roy Aitken. And I watched Celtic lift the trophy while I was puking in my pal's sink because I was so hungover. So something like that, except, you know, that kind of thing. A shit old firm adventure that was your own fault. Mm. I remember you and I going to a game um, and my ex-wife was in the home end at Parkhead and you and I were in the away end. Should have known, eh? Yep. Yeah. And uh, say what you like about Sally, she'd be in the right end. Correct. Mm. As would her whole family. Exactly. And in fact, her grand's far more bigger than anyone we've ever met or know. Well, it's that generation. It's that generation. You know, um, the type of people who, in their younger days, used to go to the fishmongers on a Friday and buy all the fish first thing. Those those kind of people. Those people. Um, but yes, we uh, we Scott and I went to the game, and we got beat three 0 and it was pissing with rain. And of course, they made us wait outside in the pissing rain for ages, and then they held us in the pissing rain outside for ages. Then we got back to our cars, which had a, a, a where we parked. All the cars in that road had the tire slashed. Mm-hmm. So Scott and I had to change our tire. In the pishing rain, got covered in oil, covered in dirt, pished. Got home to the house to be met by a smiling ex-wife, who at that time was wife. I know. There's only two good things came out of that story, David. Go on. Number one was the fact that the Celtic fans are too stupid to slash two tyres. Mm, thanks. So once we yeah. change one, we could drive home. And secondly, the guys right behind us were A, going to Aberdeenshire, yep. and B, didn't have a spare tyre. Yes, and we felt a bit bad for them, but we weren't giving them hours. No, so there's always somebody worse off than yourself. Absolutely true. So uh, to get in touch with us, to give your answers, and again, you know, be quick, um, because obviously we want to let you know on the Thursday night at the latest, and it's just the way the pod cookie has crumbled on this occasion. So be quick. Um, Get in touch with us on Twitter, ideally. uh, That's at ibroxrocks, R-O-C-K-S, at ibroxrocks, with your answer. Or you can post it on our Facebook page, which is just search for Heart Hand Rangers Podcast on Facebook. That is everything this week. All that it means for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Miles, and Scott to thank your good self for a very entertaining podcast. Do you know, that was a fantastic little roundup of a few games that passed. Look at some tactics. 
couple of comedy stories. Fair enjoyed myself, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to hear it because, you know, you might not have many of these left. Aye, right, Cammy's back next week, isn't he? It's good to... Yeah. It. No, I, there's nothing better than you, apoplectic. Uh, and next week, then, <laughs> that might be required. So uh, all I can say is if you are going on Saturday, well, Scott is as well, um, just be careful. Watch yourselves. Uh, don't do anything that's going to get you in bother. It's not worth it. And hopefully you'll be cheering your team on to victory. My name's David Edgar. I'm your host, and I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.